All right, gang. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince persuade or influence us, they don't always look like salespeople. Sometimes they are. I think they're great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so that we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang. So we're closing out 2020. It's uh, uh, December 22nd, 2020, closing out. uh, I just talked with this guest, a momentous year. Um, for a lot of us in good and bad ways, I guess you could say. But um, I'm gonna introduce you. I'm, re- I'm, th- I'm just really thrilled to have this person on. Uh, this person is uh, you know, all about podcasts uh, you know, and sales, which is awesome. You know, he has uh, launched a business around it. Um, he's a CEO at a company called Podify. He helps brands and podcasters you know, amplify their voice and, and create podcasts. Um, he's worked um, in um, global learning and development for places like Tesla and um, other organizations. So he's been in sales throughout his career as well. Um, he's the president and founder of Insight Media, a production company um, in podcasting and digital media. And um, you know, he also hosts a, a podcast uh, called For the Love of Podcasts. Um, he interviews best-selling authors, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, to uncover powerful insights, and maybe he'll share some of those with you today. I am beyond excited to welcome none other than Billy Samoa Salibi to the podcast. Welcome, Billy. Alex, thank you, my friend. What an intro. I am truly honored. And ever since we first met, I liked you and I just I didn't just like you. I loved you. You have this lovable side of you that is just like so welcoming and positive energy. And it's no wonder that you sell the way you do and that you have had the success that you've had because you do put your human side first. And thank you for the opportunity. And I'm excited to dive in. Yeah. Thank you so much, Billy. You know, like, I'm glad you said that because gang, I, you know, I met the, Billy, um, like I meet a lot of people on LinkedIn, but you know, I I think we all um, we look at people through pictures or profiles and faces and just make assumptions and and think maybe somebody that has more followers or someone that has more um, I don't know connections or someone that's more accomplished in their career, um, you know, wouldn't make the time for us or we're not worthy of their time, um, but that's not. That's definitely not the case, and and Billy, um, you know, really uh, personified that to me just by um, reaching out to me off of a comment I made on uh, a fellow connections uh, post, and and we've really got to know each other over this last year, and so just um, you know sometimes the uh, strongest connections can happen um, with the littlest of actions. Um, so, but I think um, Billy, you you talked about love. I love that style. So my first question is about uh, your title. Uh, of your podcast for the love of podcasting mm-hmm. and we'll get into sales and how we attract and draw you know your style but um what do you love about podcasting let's start there yeah i mean well fundamentally it's the people that's what i love about it is that it connects people 
in a very, frankly, intimate way. I'll give you an example. I interviewed my dad. So I, my other podcast inside out is something I've been doing for a little over a year. And my dad, he's a networking guru. Let's just say he's written three books on networking. He just released his third book, but I interviewed him. And after the interview, he goes, that was one of the best and, and deepest conversations we've had. And and that's saying something because I have a very, very good relationship with my dad. It's not like we don't talk, we're estranged or anything. No, we have an amazing relationship. But this was, you know, it was a long interview. It was probably an hour and 30 minutes longer than most, hour and 45. Really long interview, but we really got granular. We really got deep. We really touched some subjects that maybe we wouldn't have talked about otherwise. And so that's an example. Obviously, that's a personal example, but there's no shortage of examples of how podcasting can connect one human being to another human being in a very intimate way. And then the audio itself is an intimate medium because you're connected to people while they're alone. Most often, most, most people listen to podcasts solo. And so they could be on a walk. They could be at the gym. They could be running errands. They could be in their car on traveling, you name it. But the voice in their head is you. And so you have this relationship with your audience. So it's again about the people. Um, so for me, when I walked away from frankly, an amazing career in sales where I got promotion after promotion after promotion, I, and I'm not trying to brag by any stretch. I just, I just, that's just what happened. I was on a wave that I, I wanted to get off for a long time, but I never found a good exit point. When I finally got off the wave, more per, more people than I can count said, you should consider podcasting, including my own mother, by the way. So I took mom's advice and I started podcasting and I instantly, instantly loved it. And so a year after starting Inside Out, I started For the Love of Podcasts, which is a podcast for podcasters to help them navigate the podcasting landscape. So I bring on the, the best in the business. We're talking, you know, people who have millions and millions of downloads who've been in the industry 15 plus years. And I ask them, what have you found to be the most helpful thing to make you and your podcast successful? So it's been an amazing ride. And yeah, we could go deeper. I could talk about this exclusively for <laughs> an hour by itself, but I want to be respectful of, I'm sure you have a few other questions you want to ask. Yeah. No, I just like to hear people's, um, um, just explanations of things that they love. Like that's like why you started it and, and what you're passionate about. And, you know, we want people to understand who you are. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk throughout, I, I want to bring in podcasting a little bit, but just so like listeners, if they're listening at the gym right now, or if they're on a run or whatever, like help them understand kind of who you are, like who is the human, you know, and, you know, this is stories of selling human, like who is, the human that, that you, you know, is Billy mm -hmm. Samoa Salibi. Yeah. Happy to. So, well, look, you know, everybody has their story. Everybody has their, their life story. And I think what I always look back on are what are the through lines? What are the commonalities? What are the things that string together who I am? And in a word, it's creating experiences, or I guess that's two words. Uh, and so experiences have always been something that I've both been intrigued by in terms of being the participant in something that's an experience, but also in creating an experience that other people can be immersed in. And so going back, you know, when I got out of college, I started doing large events. So I do new year's events where I'd have 
these crazy elaborate parties. I did a rooftop party that was a New York theme and the ball would drop at the strike of midnight. Uh, literally animatronic ball that I created. And this is in Los Angeles, mind you. So it's a New York theme in Los Angeles. And I have fake snow blowers at the strike of midnight. So snow would litter the dance floor. <laughs> I want to go to this party. Oh, oh go dude, ahead. I'm Continue. telling you, I'm telling you, uh, I, I do too, frankly. I want to go to any party right now. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, Times Square, I did fake grass around the, the, the rooftop pool. And so, you know, giant 18 foot Statue of Liberty. I mean, this, this thing was not your typical New Year's party uh, thrown by just a, an average dude, right? And, and, I, and I was just out of college. So that was amazing because I got a chance to do something that people walked away from saying, wow. And so that, that was the high that I got from, from creating that experience. And then that led me to, I graduated with a film degree. I should probably make a movie. So I spent seven years making a movie. So I, that was an amazing experience. Part of that experience was winning awards. Part of that experience was getting a distribution deal. But ultimately I looked and said, okay, I spent seven years of my life working on this movie. I didn't have seven years worth of income based on the, 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 the work that I put in. So I started to look elsewhere and that's what led me to sales. And what I'll say is even though my first sales job happened then, I was selling my whole life and I didn't even realize it. So working in restaurants for a decade, you know, while I was financing my movie, you're, you're thinking about other people's needs. You are meeting expectations. In fact, you're exceeding expectations. You're communicating. And so, and, and communicating in such a way that will help people understand the value of what they're getting and that they feel comfortable with what they're getting and anticipating their needs before they even know they have those needs. These are all principles that I sort of learned through doing and being immersed in other things, most notably being a, being a waiter in a restaurant. So flash forward to my first sales job, it was selling solar. So I put solar on people's roof, give them a, a better rate for their electricity and them help the planet in some way. So this really was a accident, to be honest. My brother was selling solar and I just got started because he wanted me to help him with a promotional video. I had the film background and I started asking him questions about it and it just made so much sense. I said, I think I should do this. I instantly not only had success, I set the company record for most sales and they're like, okay, we need you to lead a team. So I then started managing a sales team. And then after managing the sales team, I took that sales team to the record for all sales teams within the organization. They're like, okay, we need you to train the company. So then I trained the company. That's so solid. I had my, yeah. yeah. Well, this time it was, this time it was a smaller company, but then I got, okay. I got, uh, um, basically kept on getting promotion. I ended up being the vice president of sales for this solar company. Then that led me to solar city, which I got recruited by them. I ran sales training for Solar City. I also ran leadership development for them. I also did another experience. I created something called Solar City TV. So I ran internal communications. And so I created this Solar City TV, which is a weekly broadcast, ESPN style. I mean, if you saw this thing, you would literally think it's it's on the level of like something that could be aired on TV. I mean, wow. it was that. We had a three camera setup. We had a quarter million dollar studio that we built. And then Tesla. So yeah, Tesla bought Solar City. I had the good fortune of being really afforded the opportunity to do something amazing, which was create the onboarding experience for any new employee that starts at Tesla. So my team created what's now known to this day as Launch, which is 
the first time somebody starts, what is that immersive experience that they get, whether that be driving in the vehicles or visiting our, at the, you know, it was, the, I could say hour because I worked there, but uh, the factory and, and getting the experience and flavor of what it's like to work at Tesla. And so that then um, led me to my final role there, which is leading global sales training and product training for Tesla, which again, you got to pinch yourself because I, I kind of backdoored my way in there. Tesla's not easy to get a job. I mean, it's harder to get in there than Tesla. And so because I worked at Solar City and that afforded me the opportunity to get the, the roles that I had at Tesla, um, I definitely feel like it was something that I will never, ever forget. And I'm very grateful for it. And I'm also grateful for the fact that I've now had my new thing going on with my companies. I've Insight Media, as you mentioned, and Podify, which is a production company, which sort of blends everything. It blends, blends learning, it blends sales, it blends creativity, it blends networking. And it's kind of like the perfect package for what I enjoy doing, which is talking to other human beings. Yeah, it's awesome. Man, I mean, a lot of people might be thinking, man, this dude is involved in so much. Like, where does uh, this, 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 this guy sleep? I'm curious to know, um, you know, just if you, you talked about through lines. So like, I want to kind of, you know, if you're talking to some of the listeners, um, you know, because there's a lot who are in sales and they're not, you know, so the audience is broad. They're just, you know, my the people that are listening are people that are just interested in what sales is to individuals like what does it really mean and so like if you had to think of kind of the through lines throughout your those all those experiences because like you 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 really did it you you took us through restaurant all the and we've had a lot of guests say their waiter job or even busboy job was sales mm -hmm. um and i agree are there um what was your style what is your selling style and are there like just pure like like fun date fundam foundations of sales that you think really apply in any situation, whether it's business or all those roles you mentioned, or maybe even in your, your personal life, what are, what are mm -hmm. some of those through lines? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so I'd say first and foremost, my style is very much what the title of this show is. It's, it is about being human, but I'll go much deeper than that. So I think people want somebody that is not looking at them as dollar signs. And so if somebody gets even the slightest whiff of you being basically trying to sell them, then all bets are off. And, and, and yes, people acknowledge that you, you are a salesperson and that you, you're doing this for a living. I'm not saying that you try to deceive them, pretend you're not doing that. But I think like openness is, is, is an, an honesty. And, you know, all of these things that you should have anyway in life, I'm a big believer in the more transparent you are, the more upfront you are, the better. Don't try to hide things. Don't try to manipulate the situation. You know, go in with an open heart, go in with the mindset that you want to help this other individual or this other company. And your job is to find out how they need that help. And so you got to start with asking questions and listening and being really in tune, not just with what they say, but with how they say it. And so emotional intelligence plays a big, big role. Meaning I can tell immediately based on somebody's body language, are they open or are they closed? Are they listening or are they not? And sometimes you gotta call that stuff out. And, and just because you have an open heart doesn't mean that you're not bold enough to 
be very frank with somebody. I think people appreciate that. I'm, I'm from Los Angeles. I was born in uh, another, I was born in the South Pacific, but I've been in California my whole life. And, and yet a lot of people say you kind of have a New York vibe. And I like that because the New York vibe just tells me that I'm, I'm being very uh, upfront direct. and very direct. Exactly. And so the, the directness, I think, goes a long way. People want that. They don't want somebody that's going to be, again, trying to manipulate the situation. And so when I, you know, most of my appointments were in somebody else's home. So either at a kitchen table or in the living room. Mm. And so it was a very unique opportunity to get a glimpse into these people's lives, right? So not only can you read their body language, but you can see their whole life, right? And right in front of you, you see pictures. And so, you know, as a human, you, you want to relate. And so I think your first objective is to understand, but while you're understanding, you should be relating and you should be in a very organic way, finding common commonalities or finding things that you're genuinely curious about. Even if you may not find this person relatable, there's something about them that you can talk about that would really make them feel important. Let's face it, human beings, 40% of their life is spent talking about themselves. That's, that's, there's studies that show this. And so if people are constantly thinking about themselves, play into that a little bit and, and ask them to talk about themselves. So listen, ask them to talk about themselves. And then, you know, ultimately, as you provide something of value to and for them, you have to put yourself, and this is sort of a hallmark of what I always strive to do is put myself in their mindset. Like knowing their situation, knowing based on all the questions that I've asked, knowing who they are, what their financial situation is, what they're hoping to accomplish, all these different things, and then put myself in their shoes and what service or what product, you know, in the case of solar, what package, what type of program would best suit their needs and then present it with confidence in a way that is an offer. And so I'm a big believer in assumptive selling. So, you know, kind of assuming that they would want to move forward, but not doing it in a very shady way where it's like, it's kind of presumptuous, it's overly presumptuous. Um, the assumptive sale is more casual than that. And so a, a good friend of mine, Mike, uh, who did a lot of my early sales training, he says, you should have a, the type of confidence where you feel like you would kick your legs up on the table and just chill. Now you don't actually do that, of course, but that's the vibe you should have. Yeah. Because if you if you have that amount of confidence and you, the, the, the customer shouldn't be thinking he might sell one or two of these a month. The customer should be thinking he's, he does this every day. He's, he's, he's selling three or four of these a day, right? And so it, it, it's a perception thing. And if you have that type of confidence and if you present it in a way where it's, it's like an offer, it's kind of like when people ask me to be on my podcast, Nine times out of 10, I either don't respond or it's a no. But if somebody makes an offer to be on my podcast, hey, I, you know, I might be a fit. Let me know if, if I am. It's just more casual than can I be on your podcast? I would, you know, I would yes. love to be on your podcast. You know, it's just like, it, it, to me, that reeks of desperation. And in sales, desperate people starve. And so you, you can't be desperate. You have to have this relaxed confidence and, and be casual when you're presenting whatever it is that will provide value. Yeah, man, there's so, so much you said just there. And I, I love, you know, you could keep on going. You know, I, 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 I kind of want to go back to like what you said, it, you know, it's very much, a, you know, pay attention to not just what people say, but how they say it. And it's, it's very much a, 
you know, when you, when people get just the slightest whiff, like no one likes to be sold to, we all like to buy things, you know, but we, but we just, even if it's not intended, but when that whiff comes, we know, oh, like that, he only connected with me because uh, he wanted something out of me in the end, even if you genuinely just wanted something out of him, like, you know, when the ass comes, it comes too early, or it just is that perception, that whiff. So, you know, um, what would you tell people that are struggling of like, man, I just don't know when to, you know, transition this relationship to a relate from a relationship to an ask, Mm. you know, what things like, do I need to be thinking about? What do you think about when you, you know, build relationships? Because candidly speaking, I think your style look like we built a relationship over, you know, podcasting and a lot, lots of stuff. And, you know, I have a podcast and, and, you know, and I know I get value out of tons of stuff for, for nothing, but like, since we have done stuff so much together, I'm like thinking in the back of my, what could I learn from Billy? But Billy's never asked me to join a program or a thing. It just is, you know, it, but if he ever did, I'd be like, man, I think I need to seriously consider it, but only if I was in the frame, if it was something I really thought I needed today, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and you just have never made it. So I'm just curious what you think about making that transition from not, I, I guess, not getting that whiff of this is a sale when you're dealing with people. Well, I think one of the things that is most critical, Alex, is having the self-awareness to recognize where things are going off the track. And sometimes self-awareness actually is not awareness that you find yourself it's awareness that you have gained because of the perspective of other people. And so what I suggest anyone in sales do is first of all, practice before you're on stage, before you're in games, right? Like you don't see any professional athlete that does not put in the reps when it's not game time. Sales is very similar to that. Like in, in, but frankly, most salespeople don't take the reps. Now I get it. If you've been doing it for 15 years, okay, maybe, maybe you're not going to practice as much, but if you're starting out in something and you're still figuring it out, if you're not taking reps, then, then do that. But while you're taking reps, get other people involved. If you can have somebody shadow you even better, like in a live situation, or if you can have somebody, if you're, if you're over the phone, right. I used to manage an inside sales team, get somebody to listen and it might not even be live. Have them do a post-mortem. Listen to your call afterwards. Hopefully the calls are recorded. Or if it's an in-house support appointment like the ones I did, have somebody go on a ride-along with you. And what you're really trying to get is a new insight or perspective into what you appear and how you're being perceived. Because the way in which we think we're being perceived and the way in which we are actually perceived are two very different things. And so my, my personal feeling on it is we can try to be self-aware by ourselves, but we can have a lot more confidence in gaining true self-awareness by incorporating the knowledge, the perception of other people who can see us outside of our own being, right? And so to me, it's like you ask, like if somebody's struggling a little bit, I would say look inward first because nine times out of 10, it's something that may be very minor, that, that's a small adjustment, uh, and if it's not, if it's more macro or big, bigger than that, systemic than that, then you got to go and say, okay, what, what kind of work do I need to do 
because I'm coming across in a, in a certain way with everybody and it's, it's causing me harm. And then you have to do some, some, probably some more, um, you know, just work on yourself. And, and, and if it's a, if it's a small thing, then, then you got to test, you got to try different approaches. And like anything, you know, all the best companies in the world, the reason why they are where they're at more than anything else is they were really, really good at testing and seeing what worked and then, and then pivoting, right? You got to test and pivot, test and pivot, test and pivot. And the more you can test and pivot, the, the better you will get at whatever you're doing. And so the best, and I've trained some extraordinary salespeople. I mean, one of the advantages of being in the positions that I've had is I've gotten to observe what I would consider the best of the best when it comes to, especially in-home sales and especially a B2C sale where somebody's sell, selling a, a service really to a, to a customer. And, I, and I've seen the best in the business and, and what they are great at is they're great at fine tuning and they're great at getting to mastery, right? And mastery happens through practice and it happens through testing. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Like I, um, I, I saw like a, when you made me think of something just there, because I, um, you know, like I, 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 I'm always looking for outside perspective and, um, you know, just a practice I really, I recently picked up on and I, and I um, asked, you know, some of my friends for, I was like, you know, my close knit group of friends, I've heard it described by Adam Grant as find you know, like a challenge network, people you can really give you direct feedback mm -hmm. and, and get out multiple different perspectives. So you can, you know, and, and make it, make them comfortable to tell you what you need to hear. I ask people, um, these people, you know, what are three just positive traits, things like when you think about me that I'm, that I excel at, that, mm -hmm. you know, when you think of me, what, what's, what's positive, three things that, you know, maybe I can improve upon. Um, and just, um, you know, um, I, I think those were the, like the three main things. And just to get like, you just for me to know me, like, what do you think of when you think about me? Like, what am I great at? What could I use help on? And just um, like, what, what are your thoughts about me? And it's really interesting to see perspectives. Like you'll mm. see, you see stuff like you thought you knew, but you're like, huh, you're, you're right. They said it in a way that I, I, I couldn't have said better myself, you know? Um, so I really totally. like, I mean, and that, so. that's, I mean, that, that right there is, and especially the part about finding the people who are okay with being blunt is, is so valuable. And, and my friend just started an amazing uh, platform, which helps with self-awareness because it's, it's this app where you send out to people that are in your network. Hopefully they're people that you feel confident would give honest feedback that know you well enough, but it's, it's, it's still uh, anonymous. So it, let's say you send it to 10 people, it'll like drip out to 10 people, not all at the same time, a, a question like, Hey, what do you think of this person with this, this, and this? And then they respond and then you're given a score. So you could be asking questions about empathy or asking questions about, you know, confidence or any, any number of different things that you will get honest feedback because they're doing it anonymously. And it's really, really cool. It's called acuity. And, and she just launched and I've used it. And so then where I thought I was really good in certain, certain things, I wasn't. And then where I thought I wasn't as good, I, I got better scores. So it's just like, you never know. And so if you can't find that group, there are other options out there too. And I'm sure there's other platforms that do things like that. But to me, understanding yourself is a big part of the picture. Yeah, because I, I, I do think like you can't have a video camera on yourself. You don't know how 
like people see you, you just don't have that perspective that they do. Like you can't possibly. So like if, if, if sales like is, is really truly about understanding people and what, how you can help them, like how you're presenting the information is going to be, is going to land differently on, on so many different types of people. And I think if you're, you can like, you, you start seeing those themes develop and, and people that like you saying, have that mastery of their craft, um, you know, end up making a career out of sales. But even if you like, that's like, you don't want a career as a salesperson, even if you just have a mastery on yourself, like you'll uh, wanting to have a mastery on yourself. I think you find that your interactions with others might be a little deeper because you're thinking always like how how is how is what I'm doing landing on that person Mm -hmm. like you know and and what am I doing so you know I really think that's so important um I wanted to transition a little bit Billy because I wanted to make you know just kind of get your answers on this because look like this is uh again people I want to help people you know really kind of again, master themselves in a personal situation that they have to create change, you know, where they, they just kind of struggle with it. And even that trained salesperson that's, that thinks they know everything, you know, in, Mm. in sales. So, you know, it's kind of just around why you think every, and, and do you think, do you think that every human being like is selling in some way? And if so, you know, how are they doing it? And what, what advice might you give to that non-sales or that salesperson who's really thinking of just these common emotional human skills we all have? You mentioned some of them about helping people and understanding. What advice might you have for both the mm. trained and non-trained salesperson to just kind of tap into, again, that human side of, of themselves? Yeah, I love this question so much because anyone that has a kid knows that every kid is a salesperson and therefore every person is a salesperson because every person was a kid. I don't know any kids who haven't advocated for something, whether that be sweets, watching TV, playing video games, getting a certain toy, they are lobbying. And so one of the things that I can say without question is that this is a skill we learn through doing. And the, some people are better than are better at it than others. Let's be honest about it. But I think everybody has this ability to influence. And that's what it comes down to is, are you influencing somebody to make a decision to benefit you? And so what I think works the best is to think of what they, the other person would want or not want to do as a result of the questions you ask. So it's, it comes down to like objections and concerns, right? So there's a reason why people have objections and concerns. And if you could unearth those ahead of time, either very directly or very subtly, it could happen in both ways. So it's like my son comes to me and he's like, Hey, I'm trying to get this thing. And he wants, he wants help like to convince mommy on how to do it. Or sometimes much to my (laughs) wife's uh, displeasure, I volunteer this information. And I say, well, buddy, you got to start warm her up a little bit. You got to start with a compliment. (laughs) You got to butter her up, you know, like, and so, you know, this is something that we can all do. It's like, what can you say in the very beginning to make people comfortable? 
And so yeah. comfort, comfort's yeah. a really good mm. place to start. It's like, you got to warm people up and make sure that they feel a sense of um, ease and comfort and happiness. That's, that's like just ground mm. zero or you got to yeah. start there. And then once you have that, then you got to think, okay, put yourself in the mind of that other person. So what is it that you want? If it's them to buy something or if it's a non-sales thing, it's you want their support on something or you want a toy or whatever, then you got to think about like, what is preventing this, this person from wanting to do this? Oh, well, I just got a toy last week. Or, um, you know, this person asked for this favor already and I, I just don't want to do it. You got to create a compelling reason to do it. And so sometimes it's a negotiation. Oh, I know you got to, you got to admit, like, I know I just got a toy last week, mommy. And I'm so, you know, I'm so happy that, that you, that, that you, that you got me that toy, but there's this new thing that just came out. And because of this, um, it, there's, I only have, I only, I can only, you know, if it's a video game or whatever, I can only get this video game thing now, or I can only get this now. Like you want to create some sense of why they should do this. Now don't give a false sense of urgency if one doesn't exist. And I, and I, I'm not a big fan of that. So I'm not, I, I don't want to, uh, because I mentioned a time bound thing. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I don't think you should put some sort of time limit on things, but there are instances. And this is one of the reasons why Fortnite, for example, a video game that my son plays is really smart is they, they have limited editions. So it's like, okay, I can only get this armor for so many days and then it goes away. And so, you know, he wants to advocate for getting that. And so he says, I, I you know, I, I promise I won't, I won't ask for anything for two months because he's only allowed one per month or something like that. And so, you know, warm the person up and then figure out what's going to motivate them. And so different people have different types of motivation. So understanding them by either asking questions or if you know the person, you're going to know what, what would get them most likely to say yes. And so I think it comes down to understanding who it is you're talking to and then navigating from there. So for any non-salesperson listening, it's like people are so afraid of the word sales and they're so afraid to identify as a sales person. And nobody says you have to, but you do always need to influence other people. I don't care what job you have. I don't care what industry you're in or what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. There will always be some periods of your life in some instances where you need to influence other human beings to take action on your behalf. And so make sure that when you are in those situations that you do your best to understand the other person and what is going to inspire them and motivate them to take action on your behalf. And so there's no um, singular reason. I think it comes down to, you, you got to read the room, you got to understand the person, and you have to look at the situation as a unique situation and, 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 and feel for what is uh, going to get them most, I'd say, willing to do what it, what it is that you need or want them to do. Yeah, man. You know, I, if there's a kid that stumbles across this, they just got a, you know, great primer for, um, you know, for yeah. <laughs> their next toy or video game from their parents. Uh, man, I, I can't, I, I want to ask you kind of at least like, has there been a, a like, what, what do you think has been your son's best, uh, best success story there? Oh, man. Well, I mean, he, again, the, the Fortnite piece is, is real. I mean, this is not made up. This, this happened. And, and, and I did actually coach him on it and it actually did work. I mean, 
it could be candy. I mean, I'd say the biggest score is probably something that we had to pay for. So it's probably something in the video game uh, genre, but, but I mean, it could be anything. And, you know, <laughs> being a parent, you're, you're used to this. And I think any, anybody that has kids knows that they get better over time with asking because when they're really young, they just cry to get what they want. Yep. As they get older, mm -hmm. they start to use their words as they get, older they start to use their words more effectively and then as they get older than that and can continue to mature then they start to use words and emotion and so you know as we become adults i think we use our words or we use our emotion we use the, the emotion of the other person um for my son you know he's 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 become masterful at it and you know i'm not gonna lie some people have have said that i i me billy i get whatever I want. And, and, and that's frankly, it's in a lot of respects true. I do get what I want because if one way doesn't work, there is another way. And I think if you have this insatiable appetite and, and need to get something, there will always be a way to get it. You just have to figure out the framing that will work. And it's, so it's like, it's a value proposition. You got to provide a statement or a series of statements that conveys a, a really compelling value proposition to the other person. And again, that comes back to knowing the other person. So um, yeah, I mean, the reason why I've been able to have success in a lot of respects is that when I set my mind to something, it's most likely, and I don't mean this in a very, again, braggadocious way, but it's just, it's just, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. My you know, wife will tell you that. <laughs> that's so funny. You know, but I, you know, I think um, when I listen to you though, like you're not going into it, like, like some sales trainers and there's even a lot of like sales influencers, like if I want it, it's going to happen. Like if that, if they're, if they're a customer, if they're a certain kind of customer, they're going to buy. Cause like, if they're not a customer today, they're going to buy eventually because like, I'm just going to be determined to get them as a customer. And like, I think that's just a, like a, some people might've heard what you just said and thought that like, mm. Oh wow, Billy's just like ultra determined. Like he's, he's, he's going to, He's going to get the sale no matter what. And, mm. and I think that's a huge misconception because what you just said isn't based on like, it's just going to happen because I'm going to say it's going to happen and I get what I want no matter what. You know, you only get what you want, I think, when it is for the other person and it is, um, you know, you get what you want when what you want is beneficial to the person mm. that um, you're getting it from. And I think, um, you know, you probably get a lot of things that you want, maybe not when you want them necessarily all the time. Um, you may get things that you want when the other person is ready to give them to you. Um, mm -hmm. And because like you, I, I don't think you go into LinkedIn, like, okay, I got to get this person on my podcast and they're going to get on like, you know, next week and they're going to get on like you, you take the long route, I think with so much of what you do. And it's just kind of an, uh, a perspective that you take on, on people. But um, yeah, yeah, I think it's just really interesting. Like, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's what no, you're trying a, to do or if yeah. it's just, you know, that's my, like my, if we're talking no, you're, about you're, getting, being feedback, that's my you're perspective. So spot on, on dude. You're so yeah. spot on. I love that. No. And I, I think it's a really important distinction to make because don't miss the misperceive what I said as 
you know, in a sales environment, you, you have the desire to get somebody on board, but there are people who won't be ready. They might, it might not be, it might not be never, but it's probably not right now. And so I think when you are selling, it's really important to remember exactly what you just said, because we, if we went in kind of bullheaded about it and, and, and with the mindset that it's my way or no way, people will read into that. And so I think, you know, there will be times where you don't make the sale and somebody else does. I mean, that, that's the reality. And at the same time, if you have a, a mindset of support and help and getting what is going to be most beneficial and valuable for the other person, a lot of times the result will be on your side, will be in your favor. And so it, it, of course, not every appointment I went on, did I sell? Like, did I want to? Yes. But not every appointment did convert into a actual paying customer. And so, you know, clearly I didn't always get, get what I want, but I, I think what I wanted was to help them. What I wanted was to provide yeah. an experience yeah. that they would walk away saying, this person is professional. He is funny. He is a human. He is here to help. Like, that's what I wanted. And what, 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 what I would hate to have happen is if I walked out of that person's house and they didn't feel that was the case. And so I knew that if I provided that type of experience, that the result would be, yes, I would get sales. But I actually, it's funny that you, that, that, that you bring this up because I actually never really thought like, oh, I have to get this sale. And I think that, that a kind of attachment to something is not only um, bad, it's, it's counterproductive. If you have such an attachment to, to a result, then in, in, in a specific result, like in the sales environment, then I think you will turn people off. And I've seen it happen. I've, I've been that guy observing somebody else who has this kind of like almost relentless mm. and, and uncompromising, um, approach where they are like hard selling like that was never my approach hard selling no 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 i'm not a, i'm i'm never been and i i don't think i would feel comfortable i would rather walk away without getting the sale and feeling good about the interaction than i would trying to hard sell somebody convince them to do something and like being so over the top aggressive that it turns them off because there were a handful of times and probably less than a handful, probably like, you know, one or two times where I walked out and I had signatures, I got the paperwork signed, but I felt like they felt that it was too, too fast or too soon, or maybe a little bit, not aggressive, but like they just, they, they didn't feel comfortable. And almost every time that happened and only happened a few times, it ended up being a cancel. They said, Oh, I, you know, I just didn't feel it. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really, really important distinction to make because while we have to have this like mindset of winning and this mindset of people are going to say yes and all those things, are, you got mindset really, really matters. We also have to be comfortable that people are going to make a decision based on the experience you provide for them. And so go in with the mindset that you're going to provide the best experience of anyone else they've talked to by a large margin and, and that you will be the most memorable, right? Because- in, in sales, often the person who gets the result is the person who stands out, who's the person who is the one that they think of when they think of whatever it is that they want, the car, 
the service, you name it, the product, they think of you. And you do that by asking questions, by understanding them, by showing your personality, by, by being memorable. And, and memorable means that you, you stand out because of who you are, because you have a personality that is one that they can't forget. Yeah. You know, I think that you, you really brought it all back. You talked about experiences, by the way, gang, like if you go on YouTube, uh, just a simple Google of Billy and his son, you'll find an amazing experience of their Halloween. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 I don't know. What do you call it? Haunted, like, house, haunted yeah. house, haunted house, where they have this huge structure and a, 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 a clown alley and all sorts of amazing things that I'm jealous of. But, you know, Billy, you know, I, I'm hearing just the only thing you can really control is just is is your intention on the actual sale itself, right? Like no matter if what you have, whether this is in a business sense or in a personal sense, like you could be the perfect fit, perfect, you know, person in someone's life, right? Like on paper, right? Like in a relationship or and if you're selling a toy, like you, you, you know, maybe like the toy is the the best value and the best deal, but like, you know, like it's just you just don't have the funds. Whatever it is, it, it could be on paper a good fit, but if it's not the if if you're going into it just about you and making it about that actual sale, oh, yeah. then it's it the other person smells that and that's when it's over instead of like you said making it about the experience and the feeling of how you want people to view you and so the sale is just a byproduct of the feeling that you intended to give someone i feel mm -hmm. like and, and like that's what i'm hearing um, from you um and 100%. i'm so glad that you kind of vocalized uh, on well, it's this like, podcast it's like features and benefits they are what is needed for somebody to back up an emotional decision with logic. Sure. You have to explain some of the benefits and especially there's different personality types, different personality types resonate with facts and data and things like that to even, but even they make a decision emotionally and back it up with logic. And so I think ultimately in a, in a role where you are more often than not faced with how do you, get somebody emotionally connected with whatever it is, then you have to tap into emotion and you have to do that in a very um, organic way that doesn't feel artificial or manufactured, but it does come from the heart. And so when you, when you talk to other people and you have a very open and present energy about you where you're not afraid to go into topics that might be considered negative or might be considered something that is, you know, they, they would be surprised you say, cause then that builds trust and you build that trust. Like, it's like I, what I hate when I go to a restaurant is somebody says, Oh yeah, sorry, your food's not out. The, the chef, the kitchen made a mistake. In, 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 in most cases, it's the waiter who actually made the mistake. <laughs> I would be much more inclined to give that waiter a bigger tip. If he says, you know what? It was my fault. I thought I put that in, yeah. but I didn't. Yeah. I will. I have already put it in. I already told the chef to make it right away. It will be out here very quickly. It's totally on me. So all of a sudden that went from being a problem to being a solution. And actually it's like, anytime there's a problem, 
there are more opportunities for referrals. There are more opportunities for winning people over. There are more opportunities for creating an experience that they'll remember because you went to bat for them. You stepped up, you helped them in that whatever situation you're in. And I mean, I've seen it time and time again. Sometimes the best referral sources are the ones who have issues, you know, maybe they had a leaky roof, for example, in solar. And I went and I helped them get that resolved. And now all of a sudden it reopened up a, a line of communication. They feel like they were taken care of. And now they're going to, they're going to share the fact that they love their solar company with the world. And so you want to create those type of raving fans by not pushing off any problems, but by owning them and by making sure that you're always the one who comes to the rescue. You're the superhero. Yeah, man. It's so, so true. It's so like it, um, we all think we want to be the hero for them, but um, in reality, like, you know, they, they need to feel that you're making them <laughs> the actual hero um, in the, in the story. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you talked a, a lot just this whole episode and we're kind of coming to a close here just about all these um, just things all human beings are doing. And um, I so appreciate you for doing that. Is there any last thing that you would kind of leave people with um, if they're listening to this episode, maybe um, like just maybe one, you know, maybe a challenge that you would give to people listening just to mm -hmm. kind of become better at tapping into these human skills that, you know, we all had when we were growing up and we never even thought we were doing them when we were, you know, emotionally asking mom and dad for uh, a toy. We were just, uh, we just didn't even know what sales yeah. was. Is there anything yeah. you challenge people on? Yeah. Trying? So, yeah, no, I mean, I guess the, the thing that I would say is as a salesperson, you have to be a storyteller. And I think the best salespeople that I've seen do a really, really good job at telling stories. And so something we didn't talk a lot about is, or at all about is the importance and value of emotionally triggering and, and, and connecting people to whatever it is that you're selling. And, and the, the fastest and easiest way to do that is um, through relating to them by and through stories. And so, you know, there's plenty of neuroscience to back up that when I talk about something and share it in such a way that it, 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 it for example, if I talk about the smell, like I walked into this restaurant and the smell it was this Italian restaurant. All of a sudden your old factory is probably thinking about garlic because I said this Italian restaurant. So as you tell a story, remember that you're taking somebody on a journey. And so whatever it is you're selling, you want them to understand what it would be like to have that product or that service. And so get really good at telling the story and, and, you know, it'll, it'll morph based on the person. It's not always gonna be the exact same thing, but there should be some foundation that you lay in terms of like, what are the stories that are most effective to help make your product, your service, one that people can emotionally connect with. So I'd say get really good at telling stories. And the way in which you do that is you need to think of ways and maybe you have a training or maybe you have a methodology that you already share, but think of ways in which you can create this emotional connection with the people that you're talking to through that uh, approach and, and write down your stories, practice them, practice them in front of other people and get other people. And, and here's the challenge, 
get other people to listen to your story and give you feedback. And so that comes back to the whole idea of like, are you getting real honest feedback? And so hopefully you have some work colleagues that can help you. And again, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. There's always going to be, and sometimes it's going to be a 30 second story. Sometimes it's going to be a 30 minute story, but you, you, you need to be good at telling the story of your company. You need to be good at telling the story of you. You need to be good, good at telling the story of your product. And all of these stories collectively create this emotional buy-in and, 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 Again, if you're if you're practice uber honesty and uber transparency, it's like right now I have a brand new podcast company. And so when I talk to people, I tell them about how I created the company. I tell them that we're a new company. I'm not afraid. I don't I don't back away from that. I say, you know, I believe in being super transparent. We're brand new. We just launched last week. And so I I, I would rather say that than to like try and pretend that we're something that we're not. And, and I think that goes a long way. It's kind of like the being honest about the, the food, not making it to their table right away. Just be super, super. I mean, I think if there's a through line that I could take from everything that I've done throughout my sales career, it's that I've always practiced brutal honesty. I've always practiced brutal truth. So it's like in solar, people think they're going to save money. I go, you know what? People don't go solar to save money. They go solar because they want to have the protection of knowing what their rate will be for the next 20 years. And I don't want to mislead you. I don't want to, there's going to be people that come in here and tell you that you're going to save all this money. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get you a better rate for your electricity. I'm going to tell you exactly what that rate will be for 20 years. And I'm going to tell you exactly what my company will do to make sure that you're protected. I, I would much rather tell you that than to tell you this crazy amount of savings. Yeah. Could you get savings? Yeah. But I'd rather tell you, you're not going to get any savings and, and, yeah. and, and then surprise you with some savings than tell you you're going to get all these savings. So it's like brutal honesty and storytelling combined is like a recipe that I think will help anyone who wants to advance in sales. Awesome. I would add on that, just, you know, kind of, uh, pick one thing to, to, to share a story about that, like you're, you're emotionally connected to and just practice telling it and telling, tell it to a friend and, get really good at telling it and just, just practice one, you know, you, you, you you're not going to know unless you That's just right. try and, you know, just, it could just be like, what's the situation you were dealing with? What changed as a result? What um, was the action that was taken? And what was the like result that afterwards, just something simple, like a simple framework, you know, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll have a lot of success. My gosh, Billy, um, I don't even know how an hour flew by. Um, the last <laughs> question I need to ask is about sure. the uh, fun question about you and the human that you are. Um, we, we learned a lot about you, but it's just something cool and, and just interesting about like, it's unique. And it's what's one thing that could only and would only happen to Billy Salibi. And um, another way to look at it is if I asked your wife or maybe your son, you know, mm. that one thing that Billy does, or that one thing that makes me think of Billy, or that is just so Billy, you know, mm -hmm. what where, would, would the, that thing be, or some of those things be? Yeah. A, a great last question. So we all are unique beings and yet we are all so similar. It's so interesting that human mm. beings are 99.9% .9 genetically the same. Yet we all are so unique and there is only one you and there has only ever been one you and there will only ever be one you, which means that our superpower strength and our differentiating factor is ourselves, is our you. And so I, I love that you're unearthing that. Oh, 
and I and I and I, I I tried to buy myself some time, but the problem is I was thinking about what I was saying, and now and now I have to come up with something that is so unique that it can only happen to me. Um, Could just be something funny, and um, you know, you you are totally in the right to uh, be stumped because most <laughs> no. guests just kind of it's dead air, and I have to make something up <laughs> and help them help yeah, them no, no. A- answer the question in a different way. But it's just kind of like something you kind of kind of like some unique story maybe or something that's like man well, I mean, you know I, I i always do that one thing or that one thing is just something that it could just be something sure. crazy dumb, yeah i mean you know? look here's the thing i, I don't have one i have many and so okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a story <laughs> as opposed to to say something okay. that would happen to me i'll say something that has happened to me yeah so let's do it when i was in college i was at the beach with some friends and we were just monkeying around playing football on the beach and in the distance, there are these large oil platforms and we're in Los Angeles and they're pretty far out there. I don't know how far, a mile or so. And I said to one of my friends, just kind of having conversation, I'm like, how far do you think those are? And I'm like, I think I could swim to one of those. And they're like, you cannot swim to one of those. Like, it was just like, it was like, there was no doubt in that person's mind that there was no possible chance that I could swim there. Well, I did. And I, I said, not only did I, start swimming there. I took my time because I knew that if I tried to go as fast as I could, it would be nervous time. <laughs> Let's just say that. Cause there's no, there's no, like you can't swim to the side, like in a pool, you're in the ocean and it's free swimming. So I swam and I swam and I swam and I do backstroke and breaststroke and freestyle. And I kind of took my time. So 15 minutes goes by, my friends are watching me, waving at me, 20 minutes goes by 25, 30. And I'm a little bit further out. 30 minutes goes by probably about 35 minutes. I'm now far enough that my friends can barely see me and they're still watching. I know because I could see them in the distance about 40 minutes into it, maybe 45 minutes into it. My friends can't see me. I'm so far out. I mean, cause I'm a little speck compared to this large oil platform. I'm probably a couple hundred yards from the oil platform and my friends are getting super nervous. So they go to the lifeguard, the lifeguard calls it in. The lifeguard then dispatches the U.S. Coast Guard. No I way. get about 100 yards from the oil platform. <gasps> no. And I, was, and I was still fine. You're, you're boat, chugging. You're going. A boat, yeah, a boat comes, picks me up. The boat picks me up, and, it's, and, and they, have, they drag me on the boat. And I don't know why, but they said, you see this? And they showed this hat. And they're like, we thought this was yours. And like, I'm like, why would I have a hat while I'm swimming is what I'm thinking. But <laughs> like, there's two things we know about you. Number one. You're a damn good swimmer. Number two, <laughs> you're an idiot. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and, and there's numerous <laughs> stories of me doing random uh, things like that. Um, and, and and so we could you could I have in fact you've just inspired me. I, I have an old post that I'm gonna I'm gonna unearth and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like a reversion of it. But it's like it. 21 things I've done. You know, like lighting my dorm room on fire or getting kicked out of school for lighting for pulling fire alarms, like things like that. Yeah, there's 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 plenty of those types of things. Oh my, my God, we might need to. I you need to <laughs> turn me on to this post and I'll I'll link it in the notes. Okay, um, Billy, um, you are just so interesting. I love you, dude. You 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 really. Um, really kind of uh, speak to my uh, just all my beliefs on starting the podcast and, and what I believe about sales and I'm so glad you s- shared the perspectives and just thank you for reaching out to me on LinkedIn that day. Of course and it, and it, it just goes to show what you said at the beginning of the show it's like sometimes the smallest action can make the biggest difference 
And that could be writing a post, that could be making a comment, that could be DM somebody on, on, on LinkedIn or another social media platform. It could be bumping into somebody in real life. It could be making a phone call to somebody you haven't talked to in years or sending them a text. You never know. And so life is about these small little decisions that can lead to literally life-changing things that happen in our lives. So um, yeah, man, I'm super grateful for the opportunity. And I, I think we are absolutely kindred spirits and have a lot of the same philosophies when it comes to how to sell human. I love it, brother. Thank you so same, much. Same, man. Where can people find you real quick? Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, find me on LinkedIn and let me know you heard this show. And then Potify, if you're a podcaster, go to potify.co and we offer any type of service you could want when it comes to helping get your podcast off the ground. We offer help with launching podcasts. We edit podcasts. We do videos for podcasts. We do written content for podcasts and articles and things of that nature. And the, the, our mission and our purpose is to help podcasters create the podcast that they want to create without having to do everything themselves. And so just making, lightening the load and making it a little bit easier. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say find me on LinkedIn or, or go to podify.co or you can listen to either of my podcasts, Inside Out or For the Love of Podcast. Awesome. I think I, I have uh, some work to do myself. Billy Samoa Salibi, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today and just all your insights yourself on the podcast. Thank you. It was my great pleasure. All right. Thank you.